And for the rest of us here this morning, I'd like you to take your Bibles and let's go ahead and turn to the first book in the Bible, to the first verse in the Bible. And we'll begin with that single verse here this morning. Again, a very, again, uh, notable verse. Again, I think even uh, most uh, saved people, most Bible-believing people even uh, have seen this verse in the Bible. And surely, again, it's, again, one familiar with uh, you here this morning. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1, the Bible says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. The Bible talks about God creating the heaven and the earth. And then I'd like you to take your Bibles and turn over to the book of Job, Job chapter 19. Uh, Job chapter 19. I like to, again, look at a thought here from the Word of God that I hope will be uh, one that you will take home with you. One that maybe you'll learn a little bit about here this morning. But uh, Job chapter 19, and uh, we're going to pick up in verse number 25. The Bible says, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms shall destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. I want to consider some thoughts on heaven here today. The Bible talks about the creation of heaven. The Bible talks about here in the Bible, in the book of Job, that Job says that he's going to see God. And so I want to talk to you about heaven here today. Let's go ahead and pray as we consider this thought. Father, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you again for this 22 years of ministry we've had here. We thank you again for those who have come and participated in the ministry and those who have come and heard about heaven and the need for heaven in this ministry. Father, again, everything in a sense is centered around that need and that necessity to prepare for death, to be ready to meet God, to be ready to go to heaven at some point in our life. Father, help us again to consider some thoughts on heaven this morning that, uh, again, maybe would be a help to us as there's so many misconceptions about it. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. You know, there's a lot of misconceptions about heaven. I was surprised that I seen an article uh, just a little bit ago, just a, 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 just a, some thoughts on heaven that come to me as a shock. And uh, I understand that, again, people, again, they get the ideas about heaven from maybe cartoons and ideas of heaven from different sources. And I know that one of the misconceptions of, about heaven is the people that go to heaven are the good people. The good people go to heaven. Have you ever heard that? You know, it's the good to go to heaven. I mean, you may even think it. I don't know if you do, but it's the good to go to heaven. I mean, uh, again, I think about that misconception, the good go to heaven. No, those that are saved by grace go to heaven. And uh, it's such a, such a misconception. It's a bad misconception. There's going to be a lot of so-called bad people, at least maybe li- labeled as bad people, that go to heaven because... Sinners that repent and trust in Jesus will go to heaven. But uh, again, there's another misconception about heaven, and it's one that maybe you've heard before or maybe you haven't heard before, but they, they'll say, you know, heaven's boring. <laughs> you know, you get to heaven and heaven's just going to be boring. I mean, hell's going to be the big party zone, but, but heaven's going to be boring. People will say things like, you know, in heaven, you're just going to be up there in the sky and and the clouds, and you're going to be strumming on a harp or whatever it might be. And there's different ideas about how people uh, think about heaven, but they think about heaven, and sometimes they think it's 
going to be a boring place. In fact, I, I talked to you just briefly here to begin with, uh, reading about a, a Baptist grandmother who was uh, someone who had decided age 93 she didn't want to go to heaven anymore. And again, I don't know if it's true, but again, it's noted again here in a place that I, I was looking at here not long ago, and she didn't want to go to heaven anymore. And you say, why? And she said, well, I think it's going to be rather boring just sitting around on clouds and singing hymns all day. So, I mean, that's, I mean, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying I can't imagine in some degree. I hope that, again, when I reach an age where I'm old and gray, and maybe she had, was confused about heaven, what it's like, but uh, she thought about heaven, it's just going to be a place where you're just... You're singing all day, and you're hanging out in the clouds, and I'd just rather not go to heaven anymore. Now, she could have been confused, she could have been old, and all those kind of things when she said that, but I think about people in general, they have so many misconceptions about heaven, so many false ideas about heaven. Some don't even believe in heaven. You know, belief in heaven continues to decrease in America as the years progress. In 2007, 80%, again, it's, again, according to, again, a, a poll there, uh, again, that uh, was uh, checking USA Today poll in, in, in 2007, uh, there were 80% of people believed in heaven. That's, that's rather, you know, that's rather positive. I mean, uh, certainly 80% is, is, a, is a good figure. Uh, at that time, there were 62% that believed in hell. This is in 2007. That's several years ago, about 15 years ago or so. Uh, again, you see those statistics and you say, well, uh, most people believe in heaven and, and, uh, and a supermajority believe in hell. But have things changed? Things have changed. A recent Pew poll showed in November of 2021, uh, 73% believe in heaven. And that's not maybe a major drop over 15 or so years, but uh, going from 80% to 73% as far as their belief in hell, heaven. Again, those in hell still remains the same. That old 62% hanging in there. I mean, people believe in hell and about the same amount of people. But sadly today, 26% of people don't believe in heaven or hell. Americans. Americans. 26% of people don't believe in heaven or hell. That's shocking to me. I mean, that, the Pew poll, I think, again, is very good on a lot of fronts. And, and they poll people, and that's in 2021. But you know, the more educated you are, the less likely you are to believe in heaven or hell. Your religious affiliation will show a difference whether you believe in heaven or hell. You know, Catholics believe at a certain rate and Protestants believe in a certain rate and evangelicals believe in a certain rate, but it's sad. The more educated you become, the less likely you believe in heaven and hell. Education may not be the key to finding your way to heaven. 26% of Americans, so a quarter of Americans, one in every four Americans do not believe in heaven or hell. Let me ask you this. Would that quarter end up in heaven somehow because God is good? God is good. 
But I, I fear for those one in four that don't believe in heaven or hell. Just because you believe in heaven doesn't mean you're going to go there either. But again, the Bible speaks of heaven and hell. And God created heaven. God created heaven for him to live and also for a place for people to inhabit. I want to say that here today, to inhabit heaven. Turn to 1 Kings chapter 8. You know, there's a lot of misconceptions about heaven. You know, if you're a Jehovah's Witness, and, and again, a Jehovah's Witness, I'll just say this about the Jehovah's Witness. They're very zealous for their religion and their faith. They try to spread the religion and their faith. They try to go out and evangelize in their, in their way, so to speak, and try to pe- pe- bring people in the organization, Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, you probably had a Jehovah's Witness knock on your door. Let me ask you this. Have you had a Baptist knock on your door? Have you had an evangelical knock on your door? Has a Catholic person come and knocked on your door? Jehovah's Witnesses are very evangelistic, but they don't really believe in heaven the way the Bible teaches you can go online right now and go to Jehovah's Witness, their organization, and I'm not encouraging you to go there, but you'll find that they believe only 144,000 go to heaven based on the book of Revelation. And all the rest of us, the good, they will say, the good will go to paradise earth someday. So let's just say, at least if you're a Jehovah's Witness, if you're part of the good, you go to a paradise earth someday. So let's take a look at this subject of heaven. One of the chapters in the Bible that deals mostly about this subject of heaven doesn't talk a lot about, about heaven and its uh, dynamics or its dimensions or any kind of thing like that, but talks about heaven in 12 different places is found here in 1 Kings chapter 8. And so if you're there in 1 Kings chapter 8, I want to consider some thoughts about heaven here today. The first thought about heaven I want to consider today is that heaven is called the heaven of heavens. Let me say this again. Heaven is called the heaven of heavens. Let's look at a few verses here. We're going to look at, again, the prayer of Solomon in the temple there in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse number 22. The Bible says, And Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel and spread forth his hands toward heaven. And he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee in heaven above or on earth beneath who keepeth covenants and mercy with thy servant that walk before thee with all their heart. And so here's Solomon. He's praying in the temple. This is what we call the dedication prayer in the temple. And he takes and and spreads forth his hands towards heaven. He again talks about God being in heaven above and uh, again, not being in earth beneath. And then the, we're going to skip some verses here because we're going to look at the references to heaven in this prayer here. Verse number 27, it says, But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I've builded. So building a house, and it talks about the heaven can't, again, uh, be a place where God can dwell. or And it mentions about the heaven of heavens, which I just mentioned to you in verse number 27, the reference to the heaven that God lives at. In verse number 30, we see another reference to heaven in this prayer. It says, And hearken thou to 
the supplication of thy servant and thy people Israel, when they shall pray toward this place, and hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place. And when thou hear, forgive. Another reference to heaven, heaven thy dwelling place. Verse number 34, Then hear thou in heaven and forgive the sin of thy people Israel and bring them again unto the land which thou gavest on thy fathers. And when heaven is shut up and there is no rain because they have sinned against thee, if they pray toward this place and confess thy name and turn from their sin when thou afflictest them, then hear thou in heaven and forgive the sin of thy servant and thy people Israel that thou teach them the good way wherein they should walk and give them rain upon the land which thou hast given the people for inheritance. You see three more references to heaven. Verse number 34, hear thou in heaven. The Bible says, when heaven, verse number 35, and, and then hear thou from heaven, verse number 35. I mean, uh, 36. Verse number 39. Then hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place and forgive and do and, and give to every man according to his ways whose heart thou knowest for thou even thou alone knowest the hearts of all the children of men hear from heaven hear thou in heaven verse 43 hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place and do according to all to the stranger that calleth for, uh, to thee and to all the people of the earth that they may know thy name and fear thee as thou do to the people of Israel and that thou may know that the, this house which I have built is called by thy name. Another reference to heaven, verse 43. Verse 45, then hear thou from heaven their prayer and their supplication and maintain their cause. Verse 45, another reference to heaven. Verse 49, then hear thou their prayer and their supplication in heaven thy dwelling place and maintain their cause. Heaven there again. Verse 54, And it was so that when Solomon had made an end to praying all this prayer and supplication unto the Lord, he arose from before the altar and from kneeling upon his knees with his hands spread up to heaven. Let me ask you a question. Did Solomon believe in heaven? You know, Solomon was wise. Solomon was knowledgeable. And Solomon believed in heaven. Here in this temple prayer, you see the word heaven used some 12 different times in these verses that we looked at. Solomon believed in heaven. Solomon gives us some information about heaven. And so first of all, we find a few things that we can know from his prayer here. First of all, heaven is above. Verse number 23, the Bible says, And he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like be in heaven above or on earth beneath. And so heaven is above. It's not on earth. You know, people talk about, oh, you know, heaven's on earth. All we can expect is heaven on this earth. No, heaven is not on earth. It's above. Earth is beneath. Heaven's above. Again, we see another thing about heaven there in verse number 30. It says, and uh, last part of the verse, when they shall pray toward this place and hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place. Where does God dwell? In heaven. In heaven. Solomon mentioned this. 
is a place where God's presence is for sure. You find there in verse number 39, it says, Hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place. Verse 45, Hear thou in heaven their prayer. Verse 49, it says, Then hear their, thou their prayer and their supplications in heaven thy dwelling place. You know, I have those dwelling places and all these kind of things underlying the Bible. I even have these references to heaven highlighted in the Bible. You know why I have this in my Bible and why you should probably maybe think about having this in your Bible? If you ever talk to a Jehovah's Witness, you can find, again, reference here to heaven. 1 Kings chapter 8. 1 Kings chapter 8. 1 Kings chapter 8. Solomon prays towards heaven and talks about heaven. And I want to be honest with my interpretation of the Bible not all these references to heaven here in 1 Kings chapter 8 are, are referencing what we call the heaven of heavens. There are actually three heavens. Three heavens. I don't want to confuse you because you'll hear sometimes from people, there's seven heavens. Go online and you'll find out. Some say there's seven heavens. I'm not here to hide anything. I'm just here, here hopefully to show you some things. There are some heavens in the Bible, and even heavens in this passage of Scripture. As we consider the heavens of the Bible, I want to consider, first of all, heaven is a scriptural place. It's a scriptural place. If you're going to believe the Bible, you're going to believe in heaven. If you're not going to believe in the Bible, well, I don't expect you to believe in heaven. You know, heaven is a scriptural place. And in this passage of Scripture, it mentions heaven and the heaven of heavens together look at verse number 27 it says but will god indeed dwell on the earth behold the heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain the how much less this house that i've builded and so we see again at least there and again you're looking at this verse just a single verse here it mentions the heaven and the heaven of heavens and so there's a heaven and there's the heaven of heavens. And so I want to first of all mention the, what I would call, or we could identify as the first heaven. What is the first heaven? Well, it's mentioned here in the Bible, and also mentioned here in 1 King. It mentions the heaven in verse number 27. This is a place by, by which Solomon had stretched forth his hands toward. He took his hands, he stretched them out to heaven. Was he touching the heaven of heavens where God was? No. He was touching the heaven. Any place here in the what we call the sky, so to speak, is part of this first heaven. And again, you see this referenced here, defined at least to some degree here, in verse number 35, it says, when heaven is shut up and there is no rain. When heaven is shut up and there is no rain. Again, we, we talk about heaven. Let me say there's the first heaven. This is a place we call in Genesis chapter 1 that mentions the firmament of heaven in first, uh, Genesis 1, verse 7 and 8, and also in verse number 20. It's a place where the birds do fly. Let's turn there. It mentions rain coming from the heaven, verse number 35. But let's turn back to Genesis chapter 1. I, I bring you back to Genesis chapter 1 because I... I want you to understand a little bit more about heaven. People might know a little bit about heaven. There's certainly much more that could be said about heaven that I'm going to be able to talk about here this morning. 
But uh, we do want to understand at least certainly a little bit about this place called heaven. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Verse number 7. And God made the firmament divide the waters which were under the firmament from the waters that were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven in the evening and the morning or the second day. So there's a firmament, again, that separates here, and it mentions the firmament of heaven. Now, again, uh, the firmament, again, there's a lot of different ideas about the firmament and all that kind of stuff. I'm not here to discuss necessarily that. But what we're talking about is the, the sky, the falls above the firmament of heaven. It mentions that in Genesis chapter 1. You look at that, if you would, verse number 20. Verse 20, and God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly uh, the moving creatures that uh, hath life and the fowl that they may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. Okay, so you have a heaven where the birds fly. There's no doubt about that. Just by Genesis here, uh, we find a place where birds fly. And that's this place called heaven. And that's not the heaven that we're looking forward to going to someday, but that is a heaven. Uh, Let's turn to Psalm 104. There are other references to this uh, particular heaven in the Bible. And I don't think there should be a lot of confusion about what the first, second, and third heaven are about. But uh, again, we have a heaven which is above us, and, and that's the sky. That's the place that Solomon had stretched forth his hands toward. As he was stretching forth his heaven, he was stretching forth his hands towards heaven that's above him, where the birds do fly. Psalm 104 and and, uh, verse number 12, the Bible says here, By them shall the fowls of heaven have their habitation, which sing among the branches. The fowls, birds, have their habitation where? In the branches, just of heaven. Of heaven, the first heaven. You know, the birds fly around in heaven. We don't call it heaven, we say the sky. We use that term, the sky. They fly around the atmosphere, our atmosphere, where the clouds are, where the thunder rolls, where the rain does come. All these things refer to the first heaven. But let's turn back to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. There is a second heaven. You're going to have to believe for a moment there is a second heaven because I haven't gone to 2 Corinthians that talks about the third heaven. But uh, let's turn to Genesis chapter 22. There's there's a heaven above. So there's a heaven that's above. Again, there's the first heaven. That's where the birds fly. That's what we commonly call our atmosphere. And then above that heaven, there's another heaven. And again, someone might say, well, this is confusing. No, it's not confusing. It shouldn't be confusing. It's, again, something that, again, all of us should know about. Genesis chapter 22 and uh, verse number 15, there's also what I call a second heaven. This second heaven is, again, a, a level, you would say, of the heavens in general, plural. There's heavens. There's one, two, three, as we'll consider here today. But uh, this next level of heaven is again what we would call maybe outer space or some would call beyond the sky beyond the sky genesis chapter 22 and uh 
in verse number 15, Genesis 22, verse 15, it says, The angel of the Lord called on Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, said the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, thou hast uh, not withheld thy son, thine own son, then in blessing I will bless, the, uh, bless thee and multiply, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as a, sea, as a sand which is upon the seashore and thy seed shall possess the gate of thy enemies. There's two references here to heaven and I believe they're different here. And again, someone says, uh, how, do you, how do you know this? Well, I know that Psalm was praying to God in heaven, right? You, you know that, we know that. And uh, it mentions here, verse number 15, the angel Lord, he, he called out of heaven the, sec, the second time. Uh, so we see verse number, he says, of heaven. And then it mentions there the stars in verse number 17, of the heaven, of the heaven. There's two references to heaven there. There's a heaven where God dwells, and there's the heaven of the stars, or beyond the sky, where the moon is, the sun is, outer space. Again, this is referenced in also Nehemiah chapter 9, verse number 23, also Psalm 19, the most familiar uh, text that deals with the second heaven. Let's turn there, Psalm chapter 19. Again, I say it's the most familiar text. I I think it's one of the most familiar texts in the Bible that deals with creation. Uh, maybe besides Genesis there, back in Genesis. Um, you're probably familiar. As soon as I read this verse, you're probably going to say, oh, I know that verse. Uh, Psalm 19, verse number 1, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. And so it mentions here, the heavens declare the glory of God. And if you'd study the outer space, you'd find the glory, the power, the majesty, the wonder of God as, as they study the atmosphere and they go beyond our atmosphere to this place we call outer space, which would be where the second heaven is. There's many things that are very mysterious there. There's black holes, there's constellations, there's galaxies. There's all kinds of different things out there. And someone says, what are they considered? They're part of the, what I call the second heaven. Let's turn back to 1 Kings chapter 8, verse number 27. But we want to consider here, largely today, what we call the third heaven. The third heaven. The dwelling place of God. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse number 27. It says, but will God indeed dwell in earth? Behold, the heaven... And the heaven of heavens cannot contain thee, how much less this house which I have builded. The heaven of heavens. This is what we call the third heaven. This is the dwelling place of God. We looked at that verse number 30 and 49 and verse number 45. Again, this is again where God dwells. The heaven of heavens. Have you ever heard about that before? If you haven't heard about it, it may be because... You know, people don't talk about heaven in those terms, but we should talk about God's dwelling place as being the heaven of heavens, not just heaven. I'm not saying you've got to use that terminology, but again, it's a good term. Let's turn back to Deuteronomy chapter 10. It's not just Solomon that spoke of this heaven of heavens. Although he spoke of this heaven of heavens, he certainly must have learned about it. 
uh, from someone or somewhere along the way. In uh, Genesis, we hear about heaven and, and, and again here again in Deuteronomy, if you'll turn to Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse number 14, Moses spoke of the heaven of heavens. Moses, remember the guy who came up and, and spoke on the law and all those kind of different things and led God's people? He also spoke of this place. And he spoke of it being God's dwelling place. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 14. Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens is the Lord's, thy God, and the earth also, with all that therein is. And uh, again, you see the same phraseology that Solomon uses. He mentioned the heaven and the heaven of heavens being the Lord's. They're, they're God's possessions. Everything you see around us is God's possession. The earth is God's possession. The sky, beyond the sky, the outer space is his possession. The heaven of heavens is the Lord's. And so we see this reference to the heaven of heavens. It's found also in Nehemiah chapter 9 and also 2 Chronicles chapter 2. I want you to read along with me in 2 Chronicles after the kings where maybe you've got some kind of marker because that's where our text is. Uh, we'll go to 2 Chronicles chapter 2, 2 Chronicles chapter 2 and verse number 6. The heaven of heavens. That's the way that I believe the Bible expresses the heaven where God dwells. The place where not only God dwells, but where we may dwell someday, the third heaven. Uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 2 and verse number 6, it says, Who is able to build him an house, seeing the heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain him. Who am I that I should build him a house save only to burn sacrifice before? Now this is before he built a temple. He talks about the heaven and the heaven of heavens. In his prayer he talks about the heaven and the heaven of heavens. Interesting that Solomon speaks about the heaven and the heaven of heavens. So we know there are at least two heavens. But why did I say there's a first, second, and third heaven? Well, let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, I understand maybe this seems to be a lot of references and, and all that kind of stuff, but if you're taking notes, you can just jot down these verses, look, that, look at them sometime, and uh, consider some things about the heaven of the Bible. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 1 through verse number 4, surely distincts that there are indeed three heavens. And again, I say there are three heavens because I don't see any other references in the Bible. There's no fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever people want to come up with. But there is a third heaven. And this is a place where people can be caught up to. Second Corinthians chapter 12. I want to start at verse 1. It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come in visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man of Christ. So this is a man who saved. I know a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth such a one caught up to the third heaven. I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words which is not lawful for a man to utter. Someone says, heaven, the third heaven. You say there's one, two, three, 
three heavens? Yes, it talks about a heaven in verse number number two, the third heaven. And when references is heaven that a person's body can be caught up to, so let me just say this, his body can go to there, and Paul couldn't re- recognize whether he was in the body or out of the body. He couldn't, he's seeing a vision. So if his, his vision here, it says that he's seeing a vision of Revelation about 14 years ago. And he says, you know, I see this thing taking place, this guy being caught up to the third heaven. But in referencing that third heaven, what does he call that third heaven? Look at verse number four, how that he was caught up into paradise. He was caught up into paradise you know we use that term paradise and if you go online sometimes you'll find uh look at it i mean it's just comical to me we'll talk about i say it's comical because it's just so fictitious paradise and they'll talk about this is something made up by you know certain peoples anyways you can look at it sometimes paradise imaginative type place etc no it's just another reference to heaven heaven is for real Heaven is scriptural. What is heaven called? The heaven that I mean where God dwells is the heaven of heavens. It's a place called paradise. Heaven's a scriptural place. It's a place where people go to. Let's turn to Hebrews. There's another place in the Bible where you find a lot about heaven, and it's in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews and heaven. They go hand in hand. The Hebrews, uh, book of Hebrews, speaks much about the hope of heaven. Uh, again, more about the hope of heaven than you find in many different books in the Bible. In fact, it's probably one of the most uh, evidential books that talks about the hope of heaven being for not for, you know, 144,000 or whatever the Jehovah's Witness might say, but for people in general. Let's look at a few re- references here in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 24. Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 24. Now, everything lines up with the Old Testament here, nothing new. In general, I mean, at least to begin with. In fact, Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 24, it says, For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figure of the true. In other words, we're not talking about temples or tabernacles here on the earth, holy places. But it says in verse number 20, But into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. You know, that's a great verse. You know, where's Christ today? He's not in a holy place here on the earth. He's not entered in a holy place. But it mentions here, he's in heaven itself to appear in the presence of God for us. And so, where's Jesus today? He's in heaven with God. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Again, the book of Hebrews says, hey, you know what? Jesus is in heaven with God. He's gone to heaven to be with God. He's in heaven itself. He's making intercession in heaven for us. Again, there's some other places and things we could talk about there, but let's look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 8. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 8. Abraham looked for heaven. Hebrews 11, verse number 8, it says, By faith, amen, when he was called to go out in a place where he should afterward receive his inheritance, obeyed and went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in a land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in a tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob and their heirs 
with them of the same promise. And he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder is maker is God. And so Abraham was looking for a city that God built. Okay, that's pretty simple to follow. That's what Abraham looked for. He's a man of faith. And he looked for a city that God built. Someone says, what, what kind of city is he looking for? Well, let's go on and read there. Verse number 14, it says, For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. Verse 14, And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they had came out, they might have opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country. That is a heavenly, where God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he hath prepared for them a city, a city, a country called heaven. That's what Abraham looked for. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. You know, people talk about, you know, nobody's living in heaven now. People after they die, they're not in heaven. All those kind of uh, funny and, and crazy ideas to some degree. And again, I'm not saying they're crazy, so crazy because someone told them that. And they just bought into the, the thought there, you know, this is what heaven's like. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 22, it says, For ye have come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus the mediator of the new heaven, to the blood of the sprinkling that speak of the better things that are able. There's heaven right there. The heavenly Jerusalem. Where there, the Bible says, verse, in all, verse, in verse 22, an innumerable company of angels. Somebody says, what's in heaven? The heavenly Jerusalem. An innumerable country of angels. The general assembly. And the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven. To God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus. A lot of different things are mentioned in heaven. People can and will indeed dwell in heaven. The Bible says so. Abraham believed in a city whose builder and maker is God. He looked for a country. He looked for heaven. And so we see some thoughts here in Hebrews on heaven. What is the, her, the third heaven like? It is, first of all, a literal place. The heaven of heavens. Heaven itself. Let's turn to Luke chapter 10. Did Jesus say anything about heaven? Yes, he did. He did. So let's look at a few references here. in Luke chapter 10, and we'll look at Luke chapter 15. But let's look at Luke chapter 10, verse number 17. The Bible mentions some things that are going on in heaven. In Luke chapter 10, verse number 17, it says, The seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto him, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. So where did Satan live before? In heaven. Behold, I give unto them power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all power of the enemy and nothing uh, shall be it means hurt you notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you but rejoice because your names are written 
in heaven. Somewhere in heaven, believers' names are written. And so in this little place called heaven, there are names written, names of people in heaven. This is a place where Satan fell from. And it says uh, he, he sought this here. Let's turn to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. What's going on in heaven these days? Well, in heaven these days, there, there are names written in heaven. There are also people rejoicing in heaven and angels rejoicing in heaven. Luke chapter, seven, uh, Luke chapter 15, verse number 7, it says, And I say unto you, likewise, joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than the ninety-nine just persons that need no repentance. Rejoicing in heaven after someone repents. There's rejoicing in heaven. You see that in verse 10 also. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of angels of God over one sinner that repented. That's, that's neat, isn't that? Not, that should be cool. We would say, use those words today, cool. There's joy in the presence of angels over one sinner repenting. Rejoicing. The angels are rejoicing in heaven. What's going on in heaven? The angels are rejoicing. There's joy, the Bible says, in heaven. There are people repenting. I would guess nearly all times so there's great joy, I believe, in heaven. Heaven is a literal place. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 5, verse number 11. It's secondly a large place. Revelation chapter 5 there mentions again this thought about heaven. It's a large place. And you say, how large is it? Well, it's got to be huge to be able to hold all the innumerable company of angels there and also the people that are there. Revelation chapter 5, verse 11, it says, I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands and thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb uh, that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea, all them that are in them, behold, I, I say blessing, honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb forever and ever. What's going on in heaven? There's joy over people being saved. There's praise being offered to Jesus and to God. It's a large place having thousands and ten thousands times ten thousands and thousands and thousands. It mentions there in verse number 11. And the Bible mentions, if you turn to John chapter 14, it's a prepared place that's prepared for believers to dwell in. John chapter 14, verse number one, it says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. I, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. So this place called Heaven's Father's house, it mentions there, it's a place where some will also be someday. I go to prepare a place for you. 
it's a, not only a large place, but it's a lovely and beautiful place. The Bible describes heaven as being large, literal, and lovely. Revelation chapter 21, I want to mention about heaven. Some people would say, well, all the good are going there. All that believe in God are going there. All that are baptized are going there. The people say all kinds of things about who's going to heaven. Let's look at who's going to heaven. Revelation 21. And again, Revelation 21 gives us some thoughts on the holy Jerusalem, which is part of heaven, which I believe comes out of heaven. Again, you can look at that chapter more detail sometime. But again, it mentions those that are in heaven. Let's pick up in verse number 23. This is God's dwelling place. Verse 23, it says, A city... Shall have no need of the sun, need of the moon, or the, or to shine in the glory of God doth lighten it. So the glory of God's going to be there, and the Lamb is the light thereof, and so the Lamb is the sun. And the nations of them that are saved shall walk in the light thereof, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor to it. And the gates of it shall not be shut up by day or night, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring in the glory and honor of the nations. And there shall in no wise enter it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever work an abomination or work maketh a lie, but they that are written in the Lamb's book of life. Who's going to be in this place called heaven? Well, the Bible says there in verse 4, the saved. Mentioned in verse number 27, they that are written in the Lamb's book of life. See, those that are going to be a part of heaven are going to be saved and have their names written in the Lamb's book of life. And so I want to say this about heaven, and you need to take note of this, that it's only certain people that will be in heaven. The saved, it mentions there, verse number 24, I have that circlement by the saved are going to be in there. Jesus is going to be the light there. The glory of God's going to lighten this place this heavenly Jerusalem. And it mentions there, and they that are written in the Lamb's book of life, verse number 27. That's who's going to be there. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Who's, who's going to be there? The saved are going to be there. Those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life are going to be there. Who's going to be there? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 9. The Bible says, But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Some things we've never seen before that God is going to give us to see. And it's given to who's, who, who are the people here, those that love him. The Bible talks to talks about the, the fact that the Lord is indeed precious to some. And that's going to be those who are going to heaven. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 7. You know, people say, well, most are going to heaven and, you know, a, a minuscule fuel, you know, those really bad ones, Hitler, Mussolini, uh, you know, maybe Saddam Hussein, you know, all these terrorist types and, Whatever, those are the ones going to go to hell. Well, notice here in Matthew chapter 7, that's not what Jesus said. 
Matthew chapter 7, verse number 21, it says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many I say unto you in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in the name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. My Father, which is in heaven, verse number 21. No doubt that God's in heaven. We've seen so many verses on that. But it doesn't mention everybody's going to go to heaven. It even mentions there's some that are going to say, Lord, Lord, and not even going to go into heaven. There are some, again, who are going to preach in his name or prophesy in his name. There's certainly a lot of people, again, preaching and prophesying in the name of the Lord Jesus. And they're not going to heaven. It mentions there in verse number 22, it mentions there's some that have cast out devils in his name. They're not going to go to heaven. There's some that have uh, done many wonderful works. They've worked and worked and worked. Maybe all the life, even maybe gave their life to, to Jesus in a sense. Maybe they're in a, a place, again, and they're, they're set aside, as, so to speak, to be you know, a follower of Jesus. But it mentions there in verse number 23, Then I will profess on them, I never knew you. Depart from me that work iniquity. Why will these people miss heaven? Well, verse 21, the last part of the verse, gives us a, a good idea, a scriptural idea why they won't go to heaven. It says, But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. What is the will of the Father which is in heaven? Well, let's turn to the book of John. What is the will of God the Father which is in heaven? You know, people will wonder, they'll say, Hey, what, what do I have to do to gain entrance to heaven? What do I have to do to be able to go to heaven? Well, let's read here in John chapter 6, and I think this will help you understand that thought here. John chapter 6, verse 28, Then saith he, What shall we do that we might do the works of God? And Jesus answered and said, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. What will God have you to do to be able to go to heaven to believe on the Son which he has sent, to believe on the Messiah which he has sent? Verse 35, it says, I am the bread of life. Jesus saith unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. And I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Look at verse 40. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone that seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I'll raise him up in the last day. So there's certainly this thought in the Bible that you must believe on. In verse 47, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. To be able to go to heaven, we certainly must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. John chapter 3, verse number 3, the Bible says, and verily I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 5, and Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. 
He that is born of the flesh is flesh, and he that is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said on you must be born again. Jesus said you need a second birth. A second birth to enter in the kingdom of God. Part of his kingdom to be part of his children. John chapter 1. I'm just about done here. John 1 verse number 12. It says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of men, but of God. You must be born twice. Heaven is not for everyone. It's for those who have been born twice. It's for those who have believed on the Son. The Bible describes heaven as being a great place to be. Turn to Philippians chapter 1. You know, there are people that live their life today. And I'm not sure how you live your life today. And, and everybody lives their life differently today. But there are people that live their life today and they're looking forward to heaven. They really are. I really am. Look at here, Philippians chapter 1, verse number 21. The Bible says, For me to live, for Christ, for me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I choose, I want not. For I am in a strace between two, having desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. You know, as I think about heaven and the life after this life, the Bible talks about in heaven and to be with Christ will be far better. Where is Jesus today? Hebrews says he's in heaven. He's there making intercession for us and uh, certainly waiting for those that have believed on the Son. Heaven is a better place. It's a wonderful place. I have not seen nor entered the heart of man the things God has prepared for them that love Him. Let's turn back to 1 Kings chapter 8. You want to go to heaven? You want to go to heaven? Someone says, well, just be good. No, don't be good. I'm not saying don't be good. Because that's not going to give you entrance there. But receive salvation by grace. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, uh, lest any man should boast. The saved are going to go there. Those saved by grace. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse number 22. And Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel and spread forth his hands toward heaven. And he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee in heaven above or in earth beneath who keep his covenant and mercy with thy servant that walk before thee with all their heart. Verse 27. But will God indeed dwell in the earth? Behold, the heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I have builded. Verse 30. And hearken thou to the supplication of thy servant and thy people Israel when thou shalt play toward this place, and hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, and when thou hearest, forgive. More references to heaven along the way, but let's go to verse 49. Then hear thou their prayer and their supplication in heaven thy dwelling place, and maintain their cause. The hope of heaven. This is the Bible's heaven. Are you going there? I would encourage you to find your way to heaven through Jesus. Let's close as we consider.
the word of God here this morning.